Happy Mother's Day to you women. Yeah. The joys of motherhood. The grievances of motherhood. Oh. It's rough being a mom. It's rough being my mom. Mom's probably watching this and if it's being recorded, she always uh, has a comment to make about something. So I got to be careful what I speak today. Uh, how many got a ticket when you came into the church this morning? A female. Okay. One, would you bring those up here? I'll let her choose this. We used to, we used to uh, do oldest mother youngest mother, and the mother with the most kids here. But it became a competition, and we had some people going to find the oldest woman in, in, the, in the area and bring them in here. So now we just make it general. Uh, you've got a ticket, and uh, you get a, a free potted plant. If you don't really care about the potted plant, my wife will take it for you, all right? Give me a number. Oh, Samantha. Everybody ready? Two, one, one. How many is right so far? Yeah. Two, one, one, one. How many is right so far? Three. How many is on the verge of jumping out and running and grabbing one? It's three, three is the number. Three, three. three. 133. Oh, look at here. Look at there. Come on up. Mrs. Blair, you can pick you can pick any of these that you want. All right, that's fine. Number two. This one's a little different. It's zero three four. Oh wow. Let me see your ticket. That was too quick, and a lot of ladies didn't have time to look at theirs, so. We're going to, well, you keep saying it, you never will. Okay, that's, she's right. All right. When would he? <laughs> Chris will take care of it for you. 123. 123. Oh, let me see it. Thank you very much. Let's give all these ladies your hand, if you would. It, it's kind of weird that we come back on Mother's Day, you know. They open up and uh, take the restrictions off of things politically and socially, uh, some anyway. How many is here sitting, or sitting by a family? How many has got two seats between you uh, if they're not your family? Okay, all right. That's just good to obey, obey the rules and... and uh, but now I'd like for every mother in the church to stand, if you would. Every mom. Every mom. Yeah, man. Amen. Yeah. Great to see you. We're blessed to have you. Blessed to have you. 
You know, this morning I'm going to be speaking a message to you, and you probably think of uh, the special Mother's Day messages, Proverbs 31. And some of you think, why Proverbs 31? That is so far-fetched. I'm never going to meet those requirements. We're going to read it this morning, but I'm not going to talk to you about the, the perfect woman. I married the perfect woman. She's like a lot of other women. She, got, she has errors just like everyone. And sometimes I bring errors out of her with my behavior. And she told me that when I told her that I loved her, that one time, 32 years ago, almost 33 years ago, I told her that I loved her. She looked at me back and she said, thank you. She was as stunned as I was. A little humor. Let's read uh, Proverbs verse, chapter 31, verse 10. It's hard to find a good wife because she is worth more than rubies. Man, that is so true. It's hard to find a good wife, one that wait on you, one that I cook, uh, cook for you and, and do your laundry and, and do the meals and bring them to you and just place it in your hand. And, and if you want a drink or something, she'll go and fix the drink and bring it to you. And It's just amazing, amazing. My wife doesn't do that, but, but it would be amazing. <laughs> Get up at 4.30 in the morning when you're going to go hunting and, and to fix you a big breakfast. It'd be great. It would be great. Um, okay, I'm just a little humor there. but um, It's hard to find a good wife because she is worth more than rubies. Now, now jump down a little farther. Jump down to verse 14. I'm going to read a little bit, so this might be a little lengthy. But I've got a point in saying this. She is like a trader ship bringing food from far away. She gets up while it's still dark and prepares food for a family. And she feeds her servant girls. She inspects the fields and buys it. And with the money she earns, she plants a vineyard. She does her work with energy, and her arms are strong. She knows, that what, she knows what she makes is good. Her lamp burns late into the night. She takes thread with her hands and weaves her own cloth. She welcomes the poor and helps the needy. Man, this is like, man, who is this woman? Who is she? How does she do all these things? Fixing clothes for everybody and, and the, the poor people. And she, if you notice, she wakes up early. She goes to bed late. She doesn't get any sleep because she's always about giving, giving and serving. She does not worry about her family when it comes to snows because they, are, they have fine clothes that keep them warm. She makes coverings for herself and, and clothes are made of linen and expensive material. Her husband is known by the city meetings and he makes decisions as one of the leaders of the land. She makes linen cloths and sells them and provides belts to the merchants. She is strong and respected by the people. She looks forward to the future with joy. There is so much information about this woman. So much. It would be very hard. You know there's not a passage in the Bible that explains what a godly husband is? He wakes up early. He goes to bed early or he goes to bed late. He doesn't sow anything. He doesn't make anything. Not, nothing in the Bible about what a man is. I think it tells us a lot about 
how important the mother is. How important, how important the importance that she carries in the household. I want to read on. She is strong and respected by the people. She looks forward to the future with joy. She speaks wise words and teaches others to be kind. She watches over the family and she never wastes her time. Her children speak well of her and her husband also praises her, saying, There are many fine women, but you are better than them all. Charm a fool. Charm can fool you and beauty can trick you, but a woman who earns a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. Give her the reward she has earned. She should be praised in public for all that she has done. And it's true. I've never met a perfect woman. No offense to my wife or my daughter or, or anybody else in here. You may think you have the perfect woman. She's not perfect. This lady in Proverbs 31 is about as perfect as I can imagine anybody being. But it gives you a guideline on what to base your life on and what to try to, to try to accomplish and find value in. How many of you ladies are the Proverbs 31 woman? Okay, men, how many of your wives are the Pro- Proverbs 31 woman? Oh, Nick and his wife isn't even here. All right. <laughs> you know, my wife has a lot of great att- attributes, but she still has errors. Her husband has a lot of errors. A lot of errors. Who had a perfect mom? Who can say they had a perfect mom? Claire had a perfect mom, Sister Way. Man, we got a lot of perfect moms. Yeah, perfect mom. What made your mom so perfect? Claire? Awesome. Who else? Deborah? That she she's on a list of sainthood for raising eight kids. Somebody over here. Unconditional love. I know a lot of moms that have unconditional love. I know a lot of dads have conditional love. Yes. Very very true. Adopting someone because of your love. Well, there's a lot of good attributes that we see here. And a lot of you probably think you had the greatest mom. I had a great mom. Let me tell you something about moms. My mom was a great leader. She always filled in where my dad was around when he was working or whatever. And mom, you can listen to this and you'll agree with me. But as moms get older, they get a little more critical. They get a little more opinionated. I'll leave that one alone. Okay. Uh, I just I just begin to write down a few things. What about a mom? Um... um it's one of the hardest jobs on this planet. It's hard. You love your kids to death, and you can't wait for them finally. Sometimes you love them to death, and do you think, well, I'm ready for them to grow up and get out. Uh, the demands are great being a mother, but the recognition is awful, very minimal. Heartaches are very often from your kids, from your husband, from people, just in general. Mother, Mothers are... 
known to try to fix everything. Somebody does a child wrong, and, you know, I never understood this much. When I was a little boy, my grandma had chickens, and y'all know the story. She had chickens, and they had baby chicks. And I thought, I'll wait for her to go by, and I'll grab the last one. She'll never know it, because chickens are stupid. So I watched them all go up the creek bed, went out, and one chick was laying behind. Perfect time. I jumped down the creek, grabbed the chick up, took off running with it. I got about three steps, and a mama was on me, pecking me in the back of the leg. There's something about a mother. They're instinctively defensive of their kids. They cry with you. They hurt with you. They defend you when everyone else abandons you. They fix your favorite food. You know my story about ice cream. They give you their ice cream. Now, in my house, growing up, well, my kids are growing up, and Tyson and Lathan can vouch for this. Um, if I had some food I wanted to keep, I hid it. I still do. I don't give my ice cream away. Grandkids, a little more freely, but my kids, fend for yourself. Uh, I'm going to get to a message here in just a minute after all this about Proverbs 31 woman. But to think about a mother, I think, is, is, is generally something that I found that a, a true mom is someone who pays attention to her kids. When the kids need to talk, they go to mom. Many times they do. Because they seem to make the time. They find value in what is being said to them. And we should. Because they're investing what they talk to us about. We should invest back. But this may not have been you. This may not have been you. You may be sitting here with all kinds of mothering scars. And you think, well, I would like to be a Proverbs 31 woman, but I'm not. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not that. And I guarantee there's people that come to church dreading this when it's Mother or it's Father's Day, and you dread all the insufficiencies that are, that are within your life. You sit and look back, and you think about all the places you failed as a parent, as a mother. We're going to talk about mothers right now. We'll talk about fathers next month. But how often we fail and how we didn't come through for our kids and we didn't do this for our kids and we wish we had spent more time with them. We, we wish we had spent more time reading a book to them or, or more time uh, mentoring them or more time instilling within them some truths that we learned, but we failed to teach it to our own kids. You're not the perfect mother. As much as we wish we were, you're not. Nobody in here is a Proverbs 31 woman. You may have a lot of her attributes. You might be a lot of things really good. But there's certain qualifications and certain things in your life that you look back on with regret. And I would say more than likely, there's not a one of you ladies in here who've had children who do not sit sometimes at night. I know my wife many times at night will be awake a lot longer than I am. You know, husband lays down, two minutes, he's gone. My wife is still awake. She used to wake me up a lot and tell me things. But I know that when she did, it was things that was on her mind. 
about what she could have done different, what she should have done different. I'll give you an example. Go to Genesis chapter 19. We're going to have to go really, really quick, okay? Um, the self-centered mom. The self-centered mom. Genesis 19, we have, a, we have a lady in chapter 19, verse 23. And the son had already come up upon, upon had already come up when Lot entered Zoar, and the Lord reigned burning sulfur down upon the sky, from the sky upon Sodom and Gomorrah and destroyed those cities. He also destroyed the whole Jordan Valley and everyone living in the cities, even all the plants. At that point, Lot's wife looked back, and when she did, she became a pillar of salt. I always, always remember that from being a little kid in Sunday school. But when she done that one thing as a mother, she may have been there for her kids and, and a lot of things but there was something that was set in, 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 uh, in stone, pillar of stone. There was something that was set in stone by her actions. Her actions affected also her daughters. And you may not know it, but the mother's influence upon little girls and upon little boys is so huge. You know, the, in Exodus, about, in the Ten Commandments, about the um, sins of the fathers and forefathers to the third and fourth generation. Oh, this is, a, this is a first generational thing with her family. In her life, go to verse 30. Law was afraid to continue living in Zoar, so he and his two daughters went to the mountains to live in a cave. On one day, the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old. Everyone, everywhere on the earth, women marry men, but there are no men around here for us to marry. Let's make our father drunk and have relations with him. Then we can have children and continue our family. Absolutely nowhere does that make any sense. No sense. But it had to stem and had to start from someone else who valued life and didn't value life. Mothers, the thing that you do, the things that you say, the things that the kids see in a reflection of you are very, very, very important in their life. They can be either negative and they can be positive. I thought about these kids, what these daughters have ever done, then you can read on down there, next three or four verses. They both end up getting their father uh, drunk, and both of them end up being pregnant. It's horrible to say, but it stemmed from somewhere. And the first opening in their life was their mother. When they left Sodom and Gomorrah and all the containments, well, the bad stuff that was there, and they got into the uh, place of safety, the mother had to take one last look and immediately brought her, made her into a pillar of salt. And then when they get to a situation that they don't like or they didn't understand, they begin to compromise it themselves. Mothers, your influence is huge. And little influences that you allow in your life, it's amazing what it do about your offspring. Go to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 2.
not get second, second, second Samuel chapter 11. How many has told your mother you loved her today? How many? Good, we have. How many of you told her you can't stand her today? How many is going to talk to your mother today? How many you don't have a mother to talk to? Yeah, you don't know how much you miss them until they're gone. Uh, the second, you know, I'm going to wrap this up. Do you remember Bathsheba? Bathsheba was whose husband, whose wife? Who was, who was her husband? First it was, exactly right, Uriah, but he was disposed of. And then who was her husband? David. So here we have David's wife, Bathsheba. What comes to your mind as soon as you think of Bathsheba, certain things should come to your mind. What are they? Okay, let me ask everybody. What comes to our mind when we think of Bathsheba? Affair. What else? What? Beautiful. She was out bathing on the roof the night that King David saw her. We think of all these things about her. We conceive a certain image that we have in our mind because of the way she was. She got pregnant by David. Then David had her husband killed in the, in the army. There's certain images that we have that it can never be erased. How many times did that woman begin to have memories of all her failures? I don't think of Bathsheba very often as a great prominent woman, a woman of highly esteemed or, or that people re, re, really reverence her. But there was something she did smart, and there's something that she learned a lot of reverence in her son Solomon. You can go to Second uh, Second Samuel. Of Second Kings chapter two, one we'll revert one verse. Verse nineteen. So Bathsheba went in to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah, and when Solomon saw her, he stood up to meet her. Then he bowed down upon the ground, and then he went to his throne. There was some kind of reverence he had. Something had happened in her life from the time that she was uh, on the rooftop bathing to the time that he was, became the king. There's something happened in between there. Stay with me. Because there's something that happens in every one of our lives. We can either decide to stay exactly like we were when I was on, a, on the rooftop and, and I didn't have very morals and, and my ethics weren't very good and, and all these problems were in my life. But something happened in her life. It birthed a, a desire to live and to be respected. And the same, the same women in here, every one of you in here, you may have lived a life of, of compromise in the past or, or a life of, of things that were filled with regrets. But something should happen in your life when you come to Christ. And you have a desire to be the best woman you, woman you can be, to make an impact because of the decisions that you stand on and what you stand for. She redeemed her life. She redeemed her life. 
And her son reverenced her. I mean, I'd be a big deal to you, but when I read that, I, I began to think, why does he reverence her? You see, she could have lived with this mentality that I'll, I'll never be good. I'll never be a good mom. I'll, I'll never do what I should. I, I should and, and I'll always be a limited. I'll always have my liabilities. And I don't believe that's the case for anybody in this room. I think it's the case for women who are afraid. Afraid of a challenge. Afraid of being all that they can be. First song is you today. Can you? Why don't you go to the first song? It wasn't something they had planned. They had planned on the Waymaker again. But I want to tell you something. I know without a shadow of a doubt that there are women here that you live in guilt because of a decision you made over the years and your family has suffered for it. And you can continue to live in that guilt and you can look at it and think about, oh, so much regret. Limit this song is graves in the gardens. I think the way that some of you have lived is like you always live in a grave. You're never allowed to be joyful. You never, um, never allow yourself to walk to the place that God would like you to walk, to walk as a mother. John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says that if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to forgive us of all our wrongdoings. This may be a different Mother's Day. But it's not one just telling you how great you are as a mother. It's about us sitting back and thinking about what if what is my life as a mother? For some of you have always lived with guilt. And I don't think God wants you to continue to live with the guilt and the misery of all the decisions you've ever made. And they don't have to be big ones. They don't have to be great big life changing decisions or things that you've done in your past. But you're just tired of being the mother you've always been. I want you to stand with me. We're going to sing this. And I want mothers only. If you're tired of living this grave and this mentality that you shouldn't, that God never ordained you to live the way that you've lived. And you need to live in liberty. You need to walk in your liberty. You need to be, and you need to be the example that God wants you to be. Would you come forward? There's nothing more important making a decision, especially on Mother's Day. Because the same thing is going to happen on Father's Day for the men. Would you come?